Welcome to the There's More Podcast. We are so glad you're here. My name is Rachel. And I'm Karen. And we are here to help women dream bigger, pray bolder, and live empowered because we believe that there's more. And today we are being joined by Brian Simmons with the Passion Translation. And it is a pretty amazing conversation, especially if you are tuned in with what is going on in our world. He actually shares a little bit of his new translation on Revelation. And boy, did it shock us with how he views the lens of God's love and translation. So we're just excited you're here with us. Welcome to the There's More podcast. Brian Simmons, we love you so much. We are so glad you are here. We genuinely like consider you just a dear friend. I know we've never been with you in person, but I just smile every time Mm -hmm. I hear your name, every time I see your devotionals come across. And by the way, if you aren't getting Brian's devotionals from the Passion Translation, you are missing out. That's free goodness. I mean, you should be getting on that. So Brian, we welcome you today. We have so much to talk about. It's almost like... I'm already annoyed because I know we're not going to get to all the things, but <laughs> I I was with a girlfriend of mine, Brian, earlier today having coffee, and we were talking about that this was coming up today and that, you know, the interview we did, it was about a year ago with you. And I said, my goal is to not cry through this entire <laughs> interview like last time. But I said, the reason why I cried, I mm-hmm. said that the anointing that comes from you, the anointing of love mm-hmm that literally oozes out of you, it, it, that's what I was crying over. It wasn't the words. It was what I was sensing in the spirit. And totally. so we just honor just the, the glory and the, the deposit of love that's been made in your life. Well, thank you. I'm humbled by that introduction. You, you two are a dynamic duo. Oh. You're changing the world. Oh. You're impacting so many lives. And you're doing, you know, I was just thinking about the two of you and your calling, your ministry, Be Still Ministries, and how you're impacting widows around the world, really, uh, that, you know, you're doing what the church is supposed to be doing. This mm-hmm. is Love one, 101. This yeah. is street level helping uh, God's precious daughters of Zion come into a realization that they're complete in Him, even though their heart's broken. It's just amazing yeah. what you're doing. Well, you said it best in James 1.27, not true religion, true spirituality mm, is to help the good. widow and the orphan. I will never forget you changing that because I've always been like, I can't even say that verse. I don't like religion. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it makes me so happy that you translate it spirituality because it is true. So we just love you so much. So tell us what you've been up to. I mean, hot off the press. Yeah. I mean, Ruth, yeah. Revelation, give us the skinny. Well, the newest Passion Translation edition would be Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. But behind the scenes, uh, during the COVID lockdown, I I was like uh, an animal, I guess. I really pushed through and, and spent hours a day translating. So I've done Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. And I just finished this morning the book of Jonah. Whoa. So, uh, like Jonah is crazy, crazy book. Uh, I don't know whether to call that the reluctant prophet or the <laughs> wayward prophet. I found myself mm. getting upset with Jonah yeah. in chapter four. You know, over he 
he he was more worried about a worm, a little worm eating his <laughs> gourd tree, you know, than he was the souls of mm. women and men and children, uh, millions perhaps, mm. uh, one hundred and twenty-five thousand that couldn't tell the right hand from the left. That means they were infants. Wow! So wow. you can imagine that that many babies were in the city. How many people were there? Wow. So. Brian, yeah. what mm-hmm. so what period of time did that is a ton of books? Right. I mean, I can't I mean, even. I was like, what? I didn't. Number one, didn't even know you had all those coming out. Number two, yeah. I, I I do a lot of stuff through Bible Gateway, um, mm-hmm. and so like I know Ruth isn't on there yet. When will that be updated? And when can when is all this available yeah. in um, hard copy? Yeah, sadly, that's out of my control, but uh, I'm guessing within a few months, uh, everything that we publish should be in Bible Gateway, Logos, um, there's uh, version and mm-hmm. Olive Tree, etc. But they're a little slow and they, they have an editing process. They have to format it according to their platform. So okay. that's why it takes a little bit of time. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm real excited about finishing the entire Bible. 2026 is our, it's kind of our goalpost. It may move a little bit, but that's, that's our hope wow. that we can get this out. Uh, my, my uh, let's see, my pace would be about a chapter a week. That's kind of the wow. pace that I, I try to keep. Wow. What was your, uh, just because I'm a widow, I want to ask you about Ruth, but you probably know this, Brian, just from translating it, but a a sweet friend of ours, Julie, she was digging into Ruth and doing a talk and she realized that Ruth is the first mention of character. It was the law of first mentions. Ruth is the first person where Jesus actually mentioned, God actually mentions character and it's associated with a widow. I don't know if you even, I don't know if that was something that you picked up on or what was your favorite part of Ruth? Oh, well, just her heart, you know, uh, first of all, to want to be with Naomi. She's a Moabitess. She's not a a Jew. Mm -hmm. So for her to like cross that cultural barrier, which is really distinct in the Middle East, to cross that barrier and pledge her heart to Naomi. So powerful. You know, your your people will be my people. Mm -hmm. Your God will be my God. Where you were buried is where I will be buried. Mm -hmm. That that commitment of a widow, you know, to, to, uh, Naomi, it just, it speaks volumes. Yes. Of her character. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Some of it. God's greatest men are women. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Say that again. One more time for the crowd. Some of God's greatest men <laughs> are women. Are women. <laughs> yes. I, I just, I just bought the book, the other half of the army. I was like, is that not Ooh. the truth? Oh, I mean, cause we are the other half of the army, you know, it's That's just right. so good. Yeah. So That's fun. Great. So Brian, I would love to know too, like of all these books that you've been immersed in, I mean, I know for me, the word of God is is so life-changing when you really soak in his word. So I can't imagine if every week I was oh, literally what? just saturating myself in a chapter because mm-hmm. I get so much more out of it. Is there any chapter that like stands out to you where it was like, I can't, how can I move on from this? Was there any moment <laughs> like that for you? Well, uh, the delight that I have is to see the text, you know, and to immerse myself in it. First Corinthians 13, of course, the love chapter that is not just for a wedding, you know, yeah. it's for it's day, it's for Monday morning, you know, yeah. it's every moment of our life that 
love is large. It, it just is so slow to get angry. And mm. it's very patient with people, especially those that others will walk away from. The love of God is, is magnetic. It, it, it pulls it, it, it draws the person into the need of another person. Mm. That's what love does. And I, yeah, that chapter, and as far as a book goes, I think you can guess what book of the Bible was the most difficult to, mm. to not want to just spend my whole life <laughs> in. And that's the Song of Songs, <laughs> the greatest romance of the Bible, mm. uh, greater than Ruth and Boaz, even though that's a beautiful story, right. is, is uh, the king and the Shulamite. Yeah. And, and the way he woos the heart and pulls us into his perfection. Yeah. And we just get lost in, in, the, the, in the robes of his garment. You know, yeah. we're just filled with his love and the treasures that he puts within us. Yeah. So, Brian, I, I can't remember if I told you the last time we were together, the first time the Lord ever spoke to me, it was um, through the Song of Solomon. Mm -hmm. And um, he chose, yeah, I went to bed one night, woke up. I went to bed that night reading the Song of Solomon, didn't understand it at all. I woke up in the middle of the night. Um, long story short, the next day went to church and the girl that was checking in my son to the childcare looked at me and said, asked me if I still had a wedding dress that I could wear for uh, the women's um, women's conference. And I'm thinking, I, why would I don't even understand why you'd have a wedding dress as you know part of a women's conference. She, she said we're doing the conference on the Song of Solomon. Oh and to me, Song of Solomon was, um, because I wasn't reading it through the lens of his love for me, it seemed inappropriate. I mean, they talk Risque. about breasts, you know, right? <laughs> I'm like, you should not be talking about it in the Bible. And he chose that moment to say through that woman, it's a story, not just about Solomon and the Shulamite, but about how we're the beautiful spotless bride and the story. And that was literally my pivotal moment. So the fact that that was the first book that you translated yeah. meant so much to me, even just your book, The Sacred Journey, for people who have not read that book. Yeah. I remember I was like a maybe summer ago sitting out on the back deck with some girls and saying, I feel like my life will never be the same after reading The Sacred Journey. Wow. <laughs> you know, the thing about human love is that we, we're drawn to the beautiful, the, the perfect, the flawless where God's love <laughs> makes us beautiful, perfect, and flawless. Uh, it doesn't require that on our end. Yeah. It supplies it. So the love of God supplies what whatever lacks in our life, in our feelings, in our heart, our emotions, our who we are. The love of God supplies that. It's grace, of course. It's it's the the mercy kiss, the mercy flow that yeah. pulls us into the heart of God. I'm convinced translating the Old Testament, you know, now I've been, what, uh, four years, I think, translating nothing but the Old Testament. Yeah. I'm convinced God is the most misunderstood person. Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> totally. Is, you know, even the insurance companies call it the act That's of God. Right. I know. know. Disasters. But so God true. is so merciful. You know, he, he says, I know the plans, the artistic, creative plans I have for you. Yeah. Bless you, not to harm you, not to hurt you, to bring you into the shalom, into the fullness of your purpose and calling. Yeah. Oh, even Jeremiah, the, you know, the weeping, melancholy <laughs> prophet mm -hmm. has such beautiful passages of the love of God in it. So I can't wait for you all to read Jeremiah. Oh, gosh. I know. 
We can't either. Oh my god! You know what we really can't wait to read is Revelation. <laughs> oh, my. well, you can oh, get that yeah. one. That one's on on Bible <laughs> Gateway. I already found that well, one. Well, it's so funny because Brian, I was telling you just a minute ago. I said, you know, I'm kind of the skipper on Revelation because I'm like, eh, it's all going to be okay in the end. I don't need to like There's a party fight. at the end. Well, and that's I, all I, I just know. don't like conflict. And that's what you actually said. It Brian wrote a devotional for the Passion Translation email that y'all all should be on the list yeah. for. But in your devotional, you were like, you know, we're just trying to stay above the fray on all the things that we could get in the weeds on and really see the unveiling of Jesus, which is my favorite. One of my favorite statements ever is the way you start Revelation 1-1 is this is the unveiling of Jesus. And I just, oh, my goodness. So let's just talk just high Mm -hmm. level. I mean, we have, you know, 45 questions about this. but. We're not going to ask you whether or not you know who the Antichrist is. We promise (laughs) you. (laughs) Or is the mark of the beast? What is the mark of the beast? We're not going to ask that. Well, I could go there. uh, I'm convinced that the beast nature Mm. came into the human heart in the garden when Adam and Eve fell into sin. And God clothed them in animal skins. Wow. And it was a picture that now, instead of being so close to the divine, now you are so close wow. to the animal world. Wow. And that beast, eight times in the Bible, the beast is equated with human nature. Wow. Uh, when Paul says, I fought with beasts in Ephesus, it was the religious spirit. It wasn't wow. lions and bears running down the streets of Ephesus. It was the religious spirit he fought against, the beast nature. Jude speaks about that. Uh, Asaph calls, uh, he said, I was like a brute beast when I hid my sin from you. That's in Psalm 73. So the beast life that comes up out of the earth, that's what we're made from, out of the sea of humanity. That is that that, uh, mark that's been on our forehead, our thoughts all our life. That's where Goliath got smacked. It's um, interestingly, why don't we ever... Why does nobody ever talk about this? But the seal of God, Revelation 7, the seal of God is on our forehead. That's the mind of Christ. Yes. Have a transformed mind Mm. that we, uh, you know, when he says, I make all things new. How about we start with our thoughts and our minds, you know, get a new concept of heaven and earth, a new earth and a new heaven. It's a new reality within us. And and so this beast nature has been on our life. been on our, you know, it's part of our history. Yeah, but, totally. And six, six, six is the number of man. I mean, do we, yeah. you know, we're all, you know, we're human. That's uh, some, some uh, translations, old manuscripts is 616. Oh, wow. And it wasn't Nero. It wasn't, uh, you can't really make the, the numerology fit a person. That's where it takes wisdom to understand that it's not a person. It's not the Antichrist. Uh, it is a spirit that's in the world that is opposed to the anointing of Christ coming forth from his bride. Mm-hmm. And that That is the the thing God is really opposing. Mm-hmm. So, wow. But as I think of Revelation, backing up just a little bit, you know, the world is preparing for Armageddon, but God is preparing for a wedding. Mm-hmm. Heaven is in motion right now. 
preparing for that wedding glorification. Mm. And that's where our thoughts need to be. And Revelation, if, you, if you're looking for Antichrist and you're looking for death and judgment, you'll probably find it. Yeah. But if you look for Jesus and you look for the glorious bride coming forth, the spirit of the bride merging as one, saying, come. Maranatha, come, mm. Lord Jesus. That, that if you look for the bride of Christ and the glory of Jesus in the pages of Revelation, it will come alive for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a so, little bit mind blown right now. I know. I'm, I'm like, like, oh hold gosh, here. Oh gosh. Okay. I mean, so, the, this, the animal skins, it's so funny. Just back to that. That's always been such a representation of us trying to hide. Yeah. You know, just shame in the world, which is so, which fits the bill. I mean, well, for what you're yeah. saying. And, you know, from the, the transformation in Revelation as they clothe themselves with the white robes of righteousness. So we go from being clothed in animal skins to being clothed in his righteousness. To clothe in his righteousness. I feel a footnote coming. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I will give you permission. (laughs) Wonderful. I'll borrow that. That's Um, so cool. And and so, Brian, you know, because I'm sure people hearing this are like, wait a minute. So, I, you know, when everybody's so invested in their own end times theology, are you preterist? Are you mid-trib, pre-trib, all those things? So are you saying then that, you know, is there a literal um, fulfillment of revelation? What what does that look like for you? What do you think about that? Well, I think all, all of the Bible could be interpreted literally, but uh, there is a deeper understanding of Scripture. You know, uh, and the book of Revelation is the high watermark. It is the highest, most powerful glorious, saving the best wine for last. And I just don't think God is having a a mood swing, you know, Mm, and suddenly he ends the Bible with this boom of all this destruction and devastation. Lightning That happens. I mean, that's part of human existence. Man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward, Job says. But Mm. the, the overarching theme of the book of Revelation is Christ being unveiled in us, that there's a people, a Christ company, so to speak, a hundredfold fruit-bearing branches, Mm. overcoming ones, Shulamite lovers, living sacrifices. I mean, there's 25 terms I found in the Bible that all describe a last day's people, Joel's army, you know, the Joseph company. There's so many amazing concepts of a people being raised up unveiled the manifestation the unveiling of sons and daughters that's what creation is on tiptoe waiting for right for a rapture or a millennium or a second coming that phrase second coming isn't in the bible but the creation is not groaning and travailing for that it's groaning travailing for you and me to be unveiled yes Mm -hmm. jesus that's in us to bleed through, pun intended, for him to come right through us as we're see-through believers. We're, we're aquariums, yeah. so to speak, yeah. Yeah. living aquariums so that Jesus could be seen again on the earth. Yeah. That's uh-huh. his plan, to repopulate earth with people just like Jesus, yes. the perfect son. He's going to bring many sons into glory. Yeah, And uh, yeah, know, there's, it, there's a whole lot we could talk about that. We open up a can of doves. <laughs> you know what? And I love it because what my experience being with you has been like is that 
I literally, the revelation starts flowing and I can feel the joy. Mm -hmm. I can feel the love of God. You know, the more I get to know the Father, the more I get to know Yeshua, Mm -hmm. is I discover they're kinder and more amazing and more generous and more life-giving than I ever dreamed they were. It's There's never subtraction. It's only addition with mm-hmm. him. And so right. what you're saying to me makes a lot more sense. Oh, a lot more. Well, and I think we're obsessed with avoiding hell. Yeah. I mean, like that has or, been the church is let, let's just let people avoid hell and not... I don't know. I mean, that has yeah. really done the church a disservice. Even yeah. my own children, like just mom... That feels so hard. And I mean, I believe it's real, but yet at the same time, it shouldn't be the focus. You know, it should be falling in love with a person, not avoiding a place. Right. Yeah. It's not fire insurance. Our salvation is union to Christ. And the Lord has, has really shown me that the next unveiling of truth, the next big wave to come, you know, is... It, it, identity for the last 10 years yeah. or 20 years has been the issue and every school and yeah. ministry and everybody talks about identity, but there's a step beyond that that is about to be revealed to the church and it is union. Yes, mm-hmm. Identity is still about us, but when we get into this beautiful union, two will become one and we can't let the doctrines of men divide asunder what God has joined together. Mm. And this divine union that we are partakers of the of the Godhead, of yeah. the, the glorious divine nature. It says in 2 Peter 1, 4, we drink, we are partakers of the same nature God has. We have that in us. Yes. That, that truth has not been uh, you can't wear that one out. I well, mean, you that can't. Means- and people are kind of like offended almost when you say, as he is, so am I. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. in First John 4, 19, I mean, you know, that that is like hard for people to get. I mean, it's yeah. like, well, when you know you're a new creation, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I love that verse. As he is, so are we now in this world. That's right, now. It's not as he was right. on earth. But as he is now glorified right. in heaven, yes. so are we in this world. Yes. I mean, that, that's a mind melt right yeah. there. That, that the same faith that justifies us, those whom he justified, he also glorified. So the glorification of the bride, in Doxos, the radiant bride, is a glorified church, a glorified bride. That's what God is doing. He's unveiling sons and daughters. He's not planning the next woe to hit the planet. Revelation 7 says that that there are angels holding back the winds of judgment until God's people Mm -hmm. have the mind of Christ. And so I don't think we're in a time of judgment. I think every natural calamity and disaster is not necessarily judgment. It's birth pangs. It's labor pains. It's the cosmos contracting and shaking so that the bride will come forth in perfection and beauty. And it's it's perfecting a people. That's what God's heart is fixed on right now, is not taking you out. It's not, you know, how many more people can I kill? Right. It's to prepare a partner, a lookalike bride for Jesus Christ that has the same heart, nature, and beauty that he has. That is what's coming down the pike. Yeah. Um, You know, 
one of the scriptures when I can get caught up in an end time revelation that is not joy-filled and anticipatory is that scripture. I don't even know where it is, maybe Hosea, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. That's Isaiah 9, 7. Okay. Yeah. Just that that speaking of this continual unfolding, increasing, yeah. you know, the tree that never stops growing. And yeah. Um, yeah. But I think we're obsessed with our government. That's why that's, that's hard right. for us, you know? Well, we, well we relate well, government to it. That's good, right. Yeah. Here's the truth. <laughs> Democracy is not God's plan. Mm-hmm. A theocracy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, I'm thankful that we live in America and I'm thankful we have still fragments of a democratic society and that, you know, there we do have some freedoms and we have individual rights, etc. But God's plan is not, <laughs> you don't vote God as king. <laughs> you know, uh, it's a theocracy yeah. where Christ is king. And we need to model the kingdom of God in all things and how we relate to each other, how we mm, interact in our careers and families, et cetera. But yeah, I, I just, I, I'm excited about the coming days. This, this is the greatest time in the universe yeah. to be alive. Yeah. Daybreakers are going to arise. People mm. who bring the new day, they yeah. are the new day. A oh, new is arising. They don't wait that. for God. They bring it. <laughs> yes. They don't wait for it. They they are yeah. the culmination of their message. Yeah. And that new breed, Acts 2.0, it's it's coming to a church near you. There's coming <laughs> a people, an upgraded version mm-hmm. of believers yeah. is going to emerge out of the cocoon. Wow. Yeah. And, and part of this pressure is what uh, getting us from a caterpillar to a butterfly. I, yeah. I know that may sound cheesy, but where the pressure and heat that's generated in a cocoon is to form the strength of the butterfly so it can right. soar in the heavens. Yes. You know, we're going from being connected to the earth, that's the, the caterpillar, to connected to the heavens, that's the butterfly. Wow. And that transfiguration of the saints is coming where we are going to have the radiant glory of Christ shining through the bride, through wow. us. Wow. wow. It's funny you said Acts 2.0 because I actually wrote down <laughs> Acts 2.3. Um, and I love, it was, it's, it's a scripture, both Rachel and I love the way you translate it. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit, filled and equipped and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the spirit in a language, in languages like they had never learned. And I'm just wondering, just to transition maybe a little bit, I I would love to hear, you know, how did the Holy Spirit intersect your life with this this filling and equipping? Because we know that in order for us to to be the bride that has made herself ready, right? That we're ready for that wedding supper of the Lamb. This is the call, it's the invitation, is to live this life in such power that, I mean, I think about Peter's shadow, mm-hmm. you know, heal people. I want that. Handkerchiefs. Oh, my goodness. I, 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 <laughs> I want, want to that. drop my handkerchief and off I, You know, people. it's like, well, it's just that the cry of my heart that we shouldn't look at that and go, well, that was just for the book of Acts. You know, right. no, it's right. because there's not enough of us saying, no, that is, that's my destiny. Mm-hmm. That this, this is for us. Yeah. Well, it says that in Acts, it says this is for you, your children. Yes. For uh, those who are far off, that would be That'd Gentiles. Be 
Mm-hmm. And as many mm-hmm. as the Lord our God will call. That got me out of my Baptist, cessationist, Holy Spirit, like doesn't do much today mentality mm-hmm. into saying, God, this verse says Pentecost is for me. That's right. I have an inheritance in that upper room experience where the glory cloud came again, uh, fire and glory, spinning in that room and spinning off 120 flames divine on the heads, the thoughts of the disciples. Mm. I need that fire. And as I was, uh, you know, young dad and missionary in the jungle, that verse of yeah. Acts 2 is what brought me into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And to be equipped, because when you're filled, you're equipped. There's two different words in the Greek text for filling. One of them, of course, filling to the top, but the other is like, filling it's used in classical greek for filling a cargo ship up right. to where it's just think of a container ship yes. so full it's about to sink and tip over that's how equipped we are wow. in christ mm. Wow. You know, I guess uh, the question is, Brian, like, how do we share that? Like, what does that experience look like without making it weird? I mean, I hate to say yeah. it, but, you know, there's just so many people out there who are like, well, how do I do that? I want that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what will draw them is love. Yeah. The love of God, which is the fruit of the spirit. In the Greek text, there's only one fruit. It's love. And the other eight are all expressions of love. Joy is love exalting. Peace is love at rest. Uh, You know, meekness is love at school. It's all love Mm -hmm. in different expressions. But the harvest of the spirit is love. And when we operate in the love of God, then the fullness of the spirit is contagious. Mm -hmm. And people will beat a path to your door. They They will want what you have. Yeah. If they know that you care and if they know that you love, they will, they'll ask the hard question. Yeah. I don't have that. I want what you have. Yeah. How can I get this Jesus? Yeah. And it's so so important that we, we just, we operate in that instead of our opinions and religious debates and our dogmatic traditions and our unbending you know, rules that we set for others and we don't even keep them ourselves. All of that uh, religiosity that makes us not attractive to the unbeliever. When that dissipates and we're in the present, we're every moment, we're wherever we are, whoever we're with, we give them what we have been given. And that's the the mercy kiss, the love of God. And that concludes part one of our conversation with Brian Simmons. We hope you'll tune back in next week to hear part two of this amazing conversation. You will not want to miss it. We'll see you then.